all of us have been down at some point. You're not a guy that stays down. How did that develop inside of you? Perseverance. And I'll say it this way. I learned that from my grandfather. I was in college about, I don't know, I was about 18, 19 years old. And I was sitting in a class that had to do with my major at the time. First day of class, you know how it is in college. You remember the teacher would ask, you know, who you are, share something about yourself and tell your name and explain who your hero is and why. And so when it got to me, um, I, I said to him, my name is Gabriel Swaggart and my hero is my grandfather, yes. evangelist Jimmy Swaggart. They all looked at me and my teacher kind of looked at me, kind of gave me a quizzical look. And he said, why? And I said, because you're talking about a man who's gone through the fire and has still come out on top. He didn't give up. He, he stayed true to his call. And uh, that taught me a lot. That taught me how to persevere, that regardless of how bad life gets, there's two things that you could hold on to, your faith and the Lord Jesus Christ. Before we get started today, I would be remiss if I did not thank our partners over at Proper Creative. Proper Creative is a production-on-demand company, and they monetize e-commerce platforms. They have a marketing powerhouse team from graphic designers, web development, photographers, videographers, market analysis, digital marketing strategists, and of course, social media experts. They help companies from development of content and products to the execution of digital strategies for e-commerce. They provide both full service and a la carte services for businesses that sell direct to the consumers. For me today, I am wearing a proper creative branded shirt. This is the Level Up Podcast shirt. You can get it. And uh, this is something that we send to all of our guests that come on our show. Our partners send them a gift package, and it's brought to you by Proper Creative. Thank you so much. You can follow them on social media, Instagram primarily, at P-R-O-P-R Creative. Again, they're an L.A.-based company, so they do things a little bit cooler than most. They spell proper, P-R-O-P-R Creative. Follow them on social media, Instagram, and give a shout-out. Thank you so much, again, to our brand partners, Proper Creative. Welcome to Level Up. I am Matt Rogers, and I am so excited that you chose to click subscribe and join us again for another week of Level Up. Everything is going fantastic. I could not be happier with just the results we're getting, Eli, and the feedback it's and the awesome. comments. Like, it's people are digging it. Yeah, man, it's good. It's and and you're putting out a you know you're doing a good job, bro. You really, really are. For those of you who don't know, as always, my wingman with me, Eli Adelman, co EP. And uh, engineer, yeah, you're the one that makes it look all great. Trying. Can you give me hair so I don't have to keep wearing hats? We can probably work that out. Can you put like yeah. some little magic dust yeah. on it? I like it. Yeah? yeah, yeah. I'm pumped as always for our guests. I always say the best thing about Level Up is the guests that we have, and you couldn't have a more quality human being than we do today with Pastor Gabriel Swaggart. For those of you who don't know who Gabe Swaggart is, he's an associate pastor on family uh, at family worship center it's the home church and the headquarters of jimmy swaggart ministries and for those of my old school die hard og pentecostals out there that know this is what we grew up on baby and um i'm, I'm pumped because gabe he's my friend um he has been um i just i was just on a show on saturday for sun life broadcasting by the way sun life broadcasting network 
Dude, they are one of the biggest networks on the planet with over 280 million viewers. Like, come on, bro. Crazy. Jimmy Swaggered Ministries has been around for over 60 years. Man. Let me ask you, Eli. Yeah. What do you know about Jimmy Swaggered Ministries? What do you know? Okay. Did you, you, you didn't grow up Pentecostal, did you? No, I grew up in a very small congregational church in in Massachusetts, like what? Like, are we talking like Baptist, uh, uh, Catholic? No, no, no. Pa- it was like oh no, no, it was like very you know hands in the pockets, hands in the pockets. Yep, yeah, yeah. you got you know <laughs> cr- crackers and coffee after in the foyer. Hands in your pockets, <laughs> crackers and coffees in the Dude. foyer oh, after. Yeah. That's it. We've come a long way since then. Did you sing like hymnals or did you oh, sing yeah. Holy Gonna Bling no, the no. Holy Ghost? No, we had the choir. Dude, it's funny the people in the choir. Like when I was a kid, they were old and they're still in the choir. So, <laughs> are they good? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Not really. I mean, I mean, by now you think they would be. So, okay. Did you ever grow up watching any Pentecostal on TV? Yeah, I mean, I, Jimmy Swagger. Do you know anything about it? Uh, not really. No. You don't know nothing. I, I mean, I saw Daystar growing up, but that was you saw Daystar. That, growing that was up? like my late night, staying up too late thing. So there were gr- bands on there. So okay, let me let me tell you this. So. I'm going to bring Pastor Gabriel Swaggart right now, but before I do, I grew up watching his grandfather, Jimmy Swaggart. My mom, every single night, all right, kids, be quiet. My dad's name was Tim, or my dad's name is Tim. She was like, Tim, be quiet. Turn everything off. Jimmy's on TV. And we would watch Jimmy Swaggart, and he was so powerful. Like, he carried this anointing that was just different. Like, it wasn't just... I love it a guy preaching on TV. There was something different. And I saw that at a young age and it was cool because, uh, he had a grandson named Gabriel and he had this long blonde hair. And my mom would always say, look, Matthew, that's your friend. That's good. So I always just thought this guy, you know, this kid Gabriel was my friend. And then you fast forward, whatever, 35 years later. And I start following him. I'm like, Hey man, I, I saw him on TV and I'm like, Dude, that's the kid I used to watch growing up. And now I'm just going to say it. And he's my friend now. Like he, he's he got more juice than all the swaggers, oh, man. Baby, he's oh, he's the real deal. And I'm like, I really, really like this guy. Like because he brings like Sun Life Broadcasting and everything. Like it's such a an icon for what we grew up in. But Gabe Swaggart brings this youthful vibe. But, but the same old school anointing. But with almost like the new, like God's always doing something different. And we're going from glory to glory and and he's different. I'm like, I could watch this guy. Like I can relate. And so I started following him on Instagram. And then I was like, hey, dude, can we like be friends? And like, can I kick it with were, you? And, were you nervous that he'd say no? <laughs> I'm totally nervous he would say no. Like I've been watching. But like, but see, that's the thing is like, he's real. And it's like. He's the same person on and off the stage, so let's bring him in. And now I can call him my friend, Pastor Gabriel Swaggart is here. Look at you. Man, it's good. Man, listen, I'm just, I, when I was listening to all that and listening to and recounting, you recounting that story, I remember, I told you this last night or the night before, whenever it was, and I told my wife, I said, whenever I saw your, your Instagram feed and I saw that verified account, I said, who is Matt Rogers? And so I had to look you up and I told my wife, I said, this dude was on American Idol. And we started realizing how oh, we remember him. And so I reached out to you after you reached out to me and there was an instant connection. It wasn't one of these kind of like, you have to kind of build up to it. It felt like I've known you forever. 100%. And uh, 
I mean, whenever we actually have spent time together, whether you here or me there, uh, are meeting somewhere uh, at a neutral location, uh, there's just a lot of fun, a lot of laughters, a lot of seriousness, but yet at the same time is a brotherhood. 100%. It's a bond. And, uh, and so I'm just glad to be on the program with you, man. I'm excited about this and, uh, uh, I'm ready to just dive into whatever it is that you're willing to ask. We're just going to talk. I, I think what, what I really want to like put an exclamation point on today is that, um, you know, people hear the word Pentecostal, people hear the word church, people hear the word Jesus, and they automatically get this picture in their mind. And unfortunately, a lot of the times it's, it's not good. Um, mm-hmm. but what I will say is, is this like, it's real. And when, when, when Gabe and I talk about that instant connection, that's a hundred percent, the Holy spirit, like mm-hmm. that's what we talk about and why we get so excited about it because God can, it's like, we felt this connection, even if we, you know, we didn't know each other. And that's why I think the Holy spirit is so important and why I'm so thankful for the way that I was brought up because now you know, 30, 40 years later, like it's the same thing that, you know, my, my mom brought us up on. And, um, so I'm just glad that we're friends now. And yeah, man. the fact that your last name is Swaggered suits you. Cause you got so much swag. Like, dude, <laughs> come on, man. The way like, on, you dress better than anybody. I know. Like you got drip, bro. Like you got some serious drip going on. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I'm wearing pink right now, and there's an old saying that real men wear pink. So, uh, and that's a manly man, not you know, not anything else. And so, but I like the color. I like blue's my favorite color. I wear blue with everything, just about. And uh, but I appreciate that. I just do what I can, man. You you really so I'm looking at your website right now, and uh-huh. uh, I always make the joke if I look like if I look like Gabe Swaggart, I would have never got voted off American Idol. <laughs> You told me that before. If yeah. you'd had hair like me, you would have got voted off. So I'm looking at your website, dude. This blue three piece suit that you got going on is mm-hmm. the real deal, Holyfield. How many? I want like, do you have different suits? Like, do you organize them and stuff? Like, well, I wore that two months ago. Like, or do you just does does Jill, your wife, put it together for you, or do you put your own game together? I put it on together myself. I ask her opinion on a couple of things, but uh, on a couple of things, but mostly it's I pick it out the night before. And uh-huh. uh, and so I'll go through a few things and I'll do the same thing. Like I, I like wearing sport coats. I like wearing uh, stuff like that on Sunday mornings. It's it's not as dressy, but it's not casual. It's kind of in between. And uh, and so I'll look at things and say, well, I wore that just a few weeks ago. So I probably need to hold that off for a while. Let me wear this one or maybe try this one. And so I'll try to go through and coordinate it may take me a few minutes, but I'll find something that I like. And my wife makes fun of me whenever I, I, I put it all together the night before on like a Saturday night uh, before church on Sunday. She laughs at me. She says, I don't know what you're putting it together for. You're going to you're gonna remove it anyway and put on something else. <laughs> do you, I said, well, about 90% of the time, she's right. Do you ever wear the shoes that I sent you like three years ago? Or are they too I much? have. I have. And my kids made fun of me. She said they look awful. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm hurt. Especially, especially Abby. Abby, my, I have four daughters. Okay, as you know, I got four daughters. Abby is my, uh, she's my ten year old. She, uh-huh. you want to talk about drip? That she's girl's got, got drip. I mean, she is <laughs> stylish, and she looks at my shoes. I have a, you know, every shoe that I have, she looks at, and she either gives her approval or not approval. I got disapproved. And so she saw those. She saw those shoes. She said, 
uh, dad, where did you get these? I said, my buddy, Matt Rogers sent them to me. She looked at me. She said, he has no taste. You oh, need to no. tell him what to do. I kid you not. Kid you not. And I'm like, dude, you're hurting my feelings, Abby. Dude. She's like, I don't care. <laughs> I Okay. After I met Pastor Gay, I'm like, I, I like to send people, you know, nice gifts. Like, you know, I appreciate you. I want to be your friend, whatever. And I'm like, okay, I got to send him something really cool because he's cool. Like, he's got like, you know, I want to send him something cool and i'm sure everyone like sends you like a bible or a verse something like, there's nothing wrong with that but i wanted to do something different and cool so i got them some donald j pliners and for those and they're of you really know, cool they're really cool they really are cool they're the bomb they're literally blue suede shoes mm-hmm. and i own a pair of suede shoes i mean i think they're fire and i think they would go great with the suit that you have on your website but whatever all right so tell me about your family your wonderful wife jill and um yeah you have four daughters. What are their ages? Mm-hmm. My oldest is uh, Samantha. She's 14, teenager, basketball, volleyball. And uh, that's what she likes. She's an artist. She likes to draw. And uh, she's constantly drawing stuff like uh, every single day. And she's my mini me. She looks like me, acts like me, walks <laughs> like me, talks like me. She's me with pigtails pretty much. When I that's say awesome. pigtails, she doesn't wear pigtails, but <laughs> you catch my drift. Yep. Uh, I've got curly hair. She has curly, curly, curly hair. Um, she is literally my twin and always has been. Uh, then I have Abby, who's my 10 year old. She is a competition gymnastics. And uh, so it's practice four hours, you know, four times a week. So like four hours a day, four days a week. And uh, she's got her privates. And so she's got competitions that she's going statewide and all this kind of stuff. So, and, uh, at one point, at one point, uh, in her second year of competition gymnastics for her age group, she was ranked 10th in the nation on a specific uh, event. Uh, I think it was like Beam or something like that. So she was ranked 10th in the nation uh, for her age group. And so I was like, man, that's pretty unique, pretty awesome. And uh, she was just like, that's eh, no big deal. You know, that type of that's thing. That's awesome. And uh, then I have Caroline, who is seven years old. She is the um, – she's like my wife in every respect. <laughs> now, is and that opposite of you or is that the same or what's that like? Do what now? Is, is is that like you or is Jill completely opposite when you say she's no, like No, Jill mom? is completely opposite. So, and she is a drama queen. Both of them. <laughs> both of them. Don't you tell Jill I said that. She is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is she going to watch this? I didn't say nothing. You did. <laughs> she she may. No, but she, uh, Caroline is my little drama queen. Boy, she's like, you know, drama, dramatic. Everything is dramatic. And then we have our newborn, uh, Mackenzie, who is a year. Amen. And uh, so four do girls. Do we know man. what she? Do we know what Mackenzie's like yet, or not? Is it too soon? It's too soon. But I will say this: that she favors me. She's got curly hair, like her hair yep. curls up, uh, just like mine and Sam's. And I think that she has a little bit of my profile. But she also favors Caroline a little bit. And uh, and so uh, we're, we're we're still waiting to see what kind of personality she has. So you're only forty one. I think Jill. We said what is thirty four. Thirty four. Thirty-four. So, That's are you correct. guys done? Four girls done, or you, or there oh, might dude, I was be done one after more. Three, but you know, we had a little decision to make, and so we decided for one more. And after this, I'm done, bro. I'm look, for sure. I, I'm I'm done, man. I can't, I don't know if I can handle. I'm 41. I don't know if I can raise and you know go through diapers again at 42. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I think I'm done. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, okay, so tell me before we go back to you as a child, what's it like like in your home? Because for those of you who who have not seen Pastor Gabe Swaggart, I mean, every sense of the word, 
on fire for God. My favorite thing that you do is when you get so fired up and you start like running on stage, you'll take your <laughs> coat off. You'll throw that thing. Are you like that at home? Like if, if one of your, like if Sam scrapes your knee or something, like, are you just praying like, you know, Lord touch your heel? Are you like, come here, baby. We going to bring <laughs> fire right now. Like, what are you like? I'll say this. Uh, I'm, I'm a little more reserved, uh, at home. And, okay. uh, when you see me on stage, it's me turned up to about 12. And, uh, but, uh, when I'm at home, I'm very reserved, very laid back. Uh, I'm, I'm a, um, I'm one of those dads that likes to have his daughters with him. Yeah. And so I enjoy having my kids with me. I enjoy, you know, spending time with them whenever I can, you know, with Sam, she's always in basketball practices and games and same thing with Abby. So Caroline and McKenzie, I'm pretty much my, when I get home, McKenzie is like, I'm, I'm in charge of her and she's leading me around and I'm trying to chase her around and Caroline's <laughs> wanting this, but, uh, I'm pretty much a reserved laid back individual and, um, pray with my kids whenever, you know, just about every night before bed. Um, uh, I, I make sure to instill within them, uh, a habit of knowing, um, of understanding who God is. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the things I pray about every morning is I ask the Lord to continue to make himself real to my kids. And uh, it's a great thing whenever they, you know, I try to be an example for my children. But it's a great thing in church whenever I look over and I see my kids, you know, raising their hands, you know, tears running down their cheeks, going to an altar. So uh, that that thrills my soul more than anything else. What can parents do to introduce God to their kids more at home besides always just taking them to church and relying on pastors in the church to teach their kids about God? How can parents be better godly parents? Character. Character. One of the things that I've noticed within the church is that many parents are one way in the church and a different way outside of the church. And if you really want to have an impact and make an impact on your children, uh, whatever you believe you have to live. And if you, um, as a parent, um, it's, it's, it's devastating for that child to see their parent, their mom and dad being in church, living one way, but at home, living a complete different lifestyle uh, that gives a confusion for that child. And also, it also, uh, in my opinion, it causes a lot of young people to leave the church because they see how the church really is. And they see how people really are and don't want anything to do with it. So uh, my biggest thing is to, uh, for parents to introduce Christianity um, to their children is to be an example, have character. Uh, don't, don't just say one thing and do another, but literally practice what you preach. If you say that you love God, uh, you know, from behind the pulpit, or you love God, whenever you're around people, make sure that you show that same love towards God when you're at home. And, uh, there are certain things that I will not let my kids do, uh, not being a strict parent, but I know the devastation of what it can do. Right. And so I try to teach them this is the right and wrongs of life. But at the same time, I have to show myself as being a character individual and showing my character and uh, not allowing myself to uh, go down that road because it could, it could potentially cause them a lot of harm in the future. Tell me, so take me back to the, to the beginning when, when you were young, I know you have a brother named Mm -hmm. Matt, you have a sister, what's your sister's name? Jennifer. Jennifer. So Matt and Jennifer are not in the ministry as we would say, like you are Matt's a photographer your sister, you said, you know, when we were talking, you married, you love your brother-in-law, your sister's husband's phenomenal. Yes. Big Georgia guy. Yes, um, big Georgia guy. 
growing up, did you know, like, were you destined for this? Because you got your grandfather, Jimmy, you got your dad, Donnie, and then you. Like, were you the golden boy? Like, were you heir to the throne? Was it supposed to be you? Did you not think it was going to be you? Like, how did it work? Take me back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. Sure. I, I knew ever since I was a kid, probably I would say six, seven, eight years old, that I knew that this was what I was supposed to do. I knew that I was called to preach. I knew that. The thing is, is that I just did not want to do it. And it wasn't really? the fact of being called by my grandfather, my dad. Neither one of them ever forced me to do this. Neither one of them ever pressured me to do this. Uh, in fact, uh, it was almost the opposite. They wanted me to find it on my own. And, and, of course, they would be there to help guide and lead. But they never forced me to do this. And I knew I was called to do it, but I never wanted to do it. Because of the issue, I knew what church people are like. Right. What, okay, uh, what does that mean? I know what church people are like, meaning what? <laughs> well, I hate to, to, to cast dispersions on uh, church folk, but most church folk, um, I'll say it this way, use this as an example. Sure. When they go up to hug you and they put their hands around your back, they're not embracing you, but they're trying to find the soft spots where they can stab you. Oh, snap. So that that is... Um, that's what I say that most church would not all, not all, right. thank God, not all. But this was back in the day. You're talking about a long time ago. Uh, church folk are very good at building people up, but they're also very good at kicking people while they're down. Uh, whenever yeah, we talk hey, that'll about that'll preach right there, man. Forgiveness. Like one of the biggest tenets of faith in Christianity, Jesus taught forgiveness. That whenever a brother stumbles, you be there to forgive them, pick them up, restore them, help them back in the right in the right path. Most Christian folks are not like that. Most Christian folks, most Christ, most of Christianity, and I've said this from behind the pulpit. They have a PhD in in uh, kicking people out of the church and never letting them back in. And Jeez. I've gone through that. I've experienced that uh, personally, so, or you've had to do that as a pastor, or no, both? personally, personally. You know, my, my viewpoint as a pastor is in dealing with situations, we look at the situation, we look at the individual. If they're repentant, then we do everything we can to restore them. We do everything we can to help them. We do everything we can to make sure that they come back into the right and the right path. Um, I've had to dis, uh, disfellowship people because they were not willing to repent. And that's scriptural. Whenever you have a person, according to Corinthians and Paul's writings, if you have a person that is not uh, repentant, repentive, then you have no choice. But if you have a person that is, you restore them. And you do everything you can uh, to bring them back into the family, so to speak. So I know what it's like to, to do that from a pastoral role, but also understand what it's like to be an outcast. Right. Uh, not because of something that I did, but because Christians are very, I hate to say it, but many times judgmental sure. and uh, to a fault. Um and at times I do understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, you have to show a little grace when a person is repentant and when a person is uh, walking in the right path uh, and there's still no signs of fellowship. Now that's a problem. And I think that that's what I, that's what I mean whenever they, they like to hug you, but they're not trying to comfort you. They're trying to find the soft spot in your back. Right. And uh, unfortunately, um, I've experienced that and it's not, it's not a fun experience. So did you experience that at like eight, nine, 10 years old? Or are we talking like in your teens to where you were really stepping into your calling and you're like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this or was it like what, what dude, it's frame? been, it's been constant. If you really want to be honest with you, sure. uh, it's been constant. And, uh, ever since I was about nine, eight or nine and, uh, 
especially it really hit me when I was about 12 and I'll, I'll share this with you whenever, uh, and I won't go into a lot of detail, but everybody's very familiar with, with, um, the situations that my grandfather went through. Okay. He's paid a very high price for everything that he's gone through. And I okay. think that many times, even now people still hold that against him and it's, it, it's, it's wrong for them to do that. But anyway, uh, I know what it's like. We have our own Academy. So we've got our, 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 our school that I graduated from. Can, I went there from I first add, grade all the way just to Just put a pin right there. To, you, you really see, and your grandfather really sees and experiences persecution of judgmental Christians for something mm-hmm. that was 20, 30, 40 years ago? Really? 40 years ago, right. 40 right. years ago, and they, it's mm-hmm. still there? Mm-hmm. Man, that's bad. But all right. but It, I mean, it, it is. So we're, we're going to take we the have, uptick too, by the way, stay yeah. with us, but keep going. We'll go. So yeah. we've got our, we got our own Academy. And uh, like I said, that's where I went to school from first grade to 12th grade it's where I graduated. My kids are there right now. Um, we have our own college and all of that stuff. But I remember as a, as a seventh grader, so talking, I'm 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, seventh grader coming in on a Friday, having all the friends in the world. People want to be your friend because of who you are. They want to get close to you because of who you are. Sure. And then you come in on a Monday and everybody wants to, I mean, they look at you like you got the plague. Wow. I'm 12 years old. I had to eat lunch by myself. I walked to classes by myself. I had teachers and professors that we pay that are demeaning my family in front of me and in front of our classmates. Um, Unbelievable. It was one of those things that Whenever I was about 12 years old, said standing, I can take you to where I was, standing in our, in front of our gymnasium in the lobby. And I was by myself and I was hurting. And I remember I shook my fist toward God and said, if this is what the church is all about, I want nothing to do with it. Sure. Nothing to do with it. But that changed. And, and I realized um, even at that young of, a, uh, young of an age that regardless of what is happening, I can't make it without Christ. I can't make it without the Lord. I, I can't, I, I can't experience forgiveness for those who have wronged me uh, without the help of the Holy Spirit. And uh, sure, I had some rough moments, and I, but I, I, that, that one thing never, it never left me was the fact that I can't do this without him. 100%. And I think it's so important for people to know that like everybody's going through something at any point in time. It doesn't matter. Right. If you're one of the biggest pastors on the planet or one of the biggest heathens on the planet, everyone's going through something. Everyone has those questions and people will come against you, but God never changes. And that's the only constant in your life. And, I th- and I'm so grateful for the way that we are brought up that regardless of what we went through, we still knew who God was. Even right. if we were angry or confused or people hurt us, we knew who God was because of the way that we were brought up. Did God ever send you? Did you ever get your friend, your Jonathan, your guy that stood by you through thick and thin? Or have you always been kind of like the lone wolf, just you and God battling this thing out? I had one guy. Uh, he's like my brother. Uh, I've known him, uh, I dare say, all my life. His name is Shane. And um, he's been, and he's still to this day, um, He's been with by my side through thick and thin. He's been with me through every situation, every, every heartache, every That's devastation, awesome. every high, every, every joy, every exciting moment. 
um, he's been by my side. And um, uh, even to the point where I still have him close. Uh, I mean, he's on my board here at the college. Uh, uh, he's one of those guys that I know that I can, I can, I can lean on at any time. And uh, so he's been, he's been my, uh, my help for a long time. And so, I mean, guys that I, I mean, I could talk to him about anything and just, and he can give me some insight that um, maybe I can't see. And so uh, any, anybody like that, iron sharpens iron. If you got to have somebody that's, that's willing to say, Hey man, look, you need to, you need to watch yourself here right. or bro. Uh, I hear, I'm here for you. Uh, anything you need. Um, you got to have someone like that. And uh, he's been like that for almost almost 35 years uh, to me. That's awesome. So, I mean, so you definitely remember what it's like to travel the world and people are just laying out the red carpet for you in every sense mm-hmm. of the word. And then the flip side is you also know what it's like to even be in your hometown and people don't even want to talk to you or look at you anymore. Mm-hmm. How do you overcome that? Because you, you, you felt the top, you felt the bottom, and how do you come back? And that's the whole point of this podcast is, is helping people to level up. All of us have been down at some point. You're not a guy that stays down. In fact, all of you, most of your hashtags, which, by the way, if you're not following Gabriel Swaggart on social media, you need to because it's impossible to not read his posts, his quotes, his pictures, and not feel encouraged. You hashtag pretty much everything, never give up or don't give up. How did that develop mm-hmm. inside of you? Perseverance, and I'll say it this way: I learned that from my grandfather. Um, I mentioned this to you when I was in college, about I, don't know, I was about eighteen, nineteen years old, and I was sitting in a class that had to do with my major at the time, and it was like it was to me it was a dumb class, like playwriting or something like script writing. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I'm never going to write a script. I don't care about writing scripts, but it was a part of my major, so I had to take the class. Right. I didn't do too well in it, but you know, uh, it is what it is. Um, First day class, you know how it is in college. You remember teacher, if it's a small class or a small setting, the teacher would ask, you know, who you are, share something about yourself. And, and this particular teacher, to be honest, I don't even remember his name. I don't even remember what he looks like, but I just remember the question. He said, um, for this assignment, as we're going through the class and going through the role, tell your name and explain who your hero is and why. And so I'm listening to guys and, and, and girls in the class. Well, my, my hero is, you know, Spider-Man because that's what I watched growing up. My hero is Michael Jordan. My hero is, you know, this person or that person. And uh, it came to me, and I, I was sitting the whole time thinking about that question. I'm thinking, like, you know, I idolized Michael Jordan at that time. I mean, he was like, the, he's the GOAT, you know. Yeah. But he wasn't my hero. I idolized certain other people, but they were not my heroes. And so when it got to me, uh, I, I said, my name is Gabriel Swagger. And of course, when I said that, all eyes came and turned on me. Everyone, because they knew my name, they knew the last name, and they all were just staring at me. God, that's so and, tough because uh, it's like that's something you didn't order off life's menu. It just, no, it just was. It just was. And so um, I, I said to him, my name is Gabriel Swagger, and my hero is my grandfather, yes. Evangelist Jimmy Swagger. Let's, let's go. And they all, they all looked at me and my teacher kind of looked at me and she kind of, or he looked at me and kind of gave me a quizzical look. And he said, why? And I said, because you're talking about a man who's gone through the fire and has still come out on top. He still comes out with his head held high. 
He didn't quit whenever everybody told him to quit. He didn't give up when people told him you need to give up. Even when the devil said, you just need to just go away, sure. take the money in your bank account, which wasn't much, and leave and just leave everybody behind, leave everything because of, because of you. You did this. Um, he didn't. He didn't give up. He, he stayed true to his call. And uh, that taught me a lot. That taught me how to persevere, that regardless of how bad life gets, there's two things that you can hold on to, your faith and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. And he did that. And uh, uh, that moment right there encouraged me to persevere in my shortcomings, in my faults, to not give up. And anytime that I'm going through a struggle, anytime I'm going through a trial, anytime that I have the devil telling me in my ear, dude, you just need to quit. I go back to that moment and I say, if my grandfather couldn't quit and he didn't quit, I'm not going to quit. Do you ever, um, and you don't have to get into too much detail, but do you ever, do you go to your grandfather and, and, and ask him like, Hey, what did you do in this situation? Cause I'm feeling this way. Like, is he, is he that guy for you that rock? Cause one thing you said to me when I first met you that I thought was so cool when we were talking about your grandfather, you said, you know, Matt, there's something really cool about someone who's gone through the fire and has come out on the other side. And that being your grandfather, do you use him as that? Like, do you ask him like a lot of questions and just about life and everything? Not even so much the Bible, just about life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and why wouldn't I? Right. Uh, whenever you have an individual who has the experience like that, uh, it's, it's one of those things that I consider an honor and a privilege to, to be able, even though I'm not in the, in, in, in that side of the street anymore, I'm, I'm kind of running my own thing over here at the college, but to have an opportunity just to walk over there and walk into his office at any time of the day and say, listen, I just need to talk to you. I need to ask you, I need some advice to go to him, to go to my grandmother. Um, I mean, you're talking about individuals who blaze the trail for a lot of ministers today who, I mean, when you look at Christianity today, there's three individuals that are on the, the, the uh, goat status, if you will. Uh, they're on, um, uh, they're on the, they're, they're, they're just a, a class of their own. And that Mount, the, the, the Mount Rushmore of Christianity uh, in this, this century would be Billy Graham, Oral Roberts, and my grandfather. And right. each one blazed a trail for all of us to follow. Each one um, had a unique gifting and a unique ability and reached so many people that I don't I honestly to believe, and this is my opinion, but I believe that my grandfather's reached more people for Christ than anybody in history, sure. anybody. Absolutely. And I mean, you're talking 60 years of ministry. You're talking about television worldwide. Um, we're going right now, 24 hours a day, seven days a week in over 140 countries around the world. So, I mean, we're always given altar calls and people are always responding. Didn't he kind of um, bring evangelism on TV to the forefront? Was he kind of like a pioneer or were there people before him? There were people before him. Billy Graham did it, uh, of course, back in the 50s and the 60s. Uh, Oral Roberts did it back at that time frame, too. But uh, my grandfather brought Pentecostalism. Right. 
to television. Which is what, what, what's the difference between Pentecostalism and, and, and everything else? Because people hear Pentecostal and they think, you know, jean skirts, crimped hair and snakes and snake oil and all that stuff. That's, the- that's, that is a version of Pentecost that we call the <laughs> UPC, the United Pentecost, which, you know, that's a whole nother. Right. That's a whole nother genre. This is different, itself. right? They're different. They're okay. different. We, you know, as you can see, if you watch us on television, we don't, we're not that version. Sure. Um, Pentecostalism is really, it, it's really dealing with the moving, the operation of the Holy Spirit. It's the dealing with speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. My grandfather was really the first one to give altar calls to pray for people over television to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Every other preacher at that time told him, you can't do that. It's going to hurt all of us. You're going to, you're going to destroy the whole Christian movement by praying for people to be baptized with the Holy spirit over television. Because My why they were, they were afraid that we would see speaking in tongues on TV and freak people out. Was that why? Or was it, it something yeah, else? I think it was, I think a lot of it was that way. I think a lot of it was, you know, that's a whole nother genre of people thinking y'all think they're going to think we're crazy. You know, they're going to think we're insane. And uh, you know, you can't do that. You just can't do that. But my grandfather said, listen, I heard from God. God told me to do this. And so I'm going to do it. And as a result of that, we saw millions over television baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Even at one night in Madison Square Garden, uh, where my grandfather saw over a thousand people in Madison Square Garden at one time, one time baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that we're going to see tens of thousands at one time because of the mass media, television, social media the internet, I believe we're going to see it uh, not only here, but around the world at one time, tens of thousands uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit as as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. So I got two questions for you while we're on this topic. One, Mm -hmm. do you have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Please don't hold back on your answer. And two, why is it so important being filled with the Holy Spirit? There's a lot of reasons. Let's explain the first one. First of all, uh, let's say it this way. You don't have to speak in tongues in order to be saved. Got it. And you don't have to speak in tongues in order to go to heaven. The baptism with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues is a gift given to believers for power to do what God has called us to do. Every one of us has a specific calling, a specific gift that he is wanting to use us in. The scripture says that the callings and the gifts are without repentance. But in order to utilize those gifts, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to move, in order to operate, in order to flow, in order to see um, everything that God has in store for us. I'll put it to you this way. This ministry wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit. Nothing, it wouldn't be here at all. We're here because of what the Lord did to my grandfather when he was eight years old, saved and then baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that just exploded until where we are right now. Now, do you have to speak in tongues in order to be filled with the Spirit? Let's explain that. When you got saved, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit automatically came in. He took up residence in your heart and in your life. That is for regeneration. However, there is the baptism with the Holy Spirit which is the gift of tongues. It's not really the gift of tongues, but it is the gift of tongues in a sense where it is the initial physical evidence that one has been filled with the spirit is that they will speak with other tongues according to Acts 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter uh, 19. All those lay it out that individuals 
who, who were filled with the Holy Spirit spoke with other tongues. That is for service. So you have one for regeneration, the Holy Spirit coming inside, dealing with you, changing you, constantly bringing about the sanctification process. Then you have the baptism with the Holy Spirit, which is for power. It's for service. It's to do what God has called you to do. Now, there's a lot of people that take umbrage with that, and they say, well, we don't really need it. There's no point. What's the per- There's no purpose in it. I hear it uh, there's all a lot of, the there's time. A, uh, it's a major purpose. And, and first of all, and I don't have all the information in front of me, but I preached a message on this some time back. What is the purpose mm-hmm. of being filled with the Holy Spirit? And first of all, the major purpose is, is because it's scriptural. Right. <laughs> I mean, anything that God wants us to have, if it's found in his word, we should desire to have it. Because everything that God has in store for us is not a negative. It's a positive. Right. And you want to talk about moments where you are, at least for me, where I have been down, I've been oppressed, I've been struggling, uh, I've been hurting. There's those moments where I begin to speak with other tongues. That it literally gives me strength. I mean, yeah. Corinthians lays it out. Uh, if you look at it, and uh, I might have to just kind of just bear with me one second as I get it. Sure. But you want to talk about having a moment of um, strength and comfort. And uh, let's see here. I'm going to try to, uh, let's see. All right. First of all, I'm trying to look at it and trying to find. All right. No rush, dude. Take your time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to actually look forward to this because there's so much here. I'm just going to have to look and say, I got to find it. So I'll have to send it to you. Okay. Uh, but anyway, there's, there's, there's so much information in the scripture regarding, um, uh, the, this, the speaking of other tongues. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse two, the scripture says, talking about a benefit, you don't speak in tongues unto men, but you speak unto God. In other words, this is a language given to you by God that no man can ever understand that no devil can understand. Uh, it is, I like to say coded language. Whenever you speak in tongues, you're speaking directly unto God in a language that is only meant for him. We don't even know what we say. And it's not for us really to understand what we say, but it's meant for him to understand it. The spirit of God speaks through us, gives us the utterance. And when we speak to God, it is literally a, it, it's literally speaking unto God in a language that is designed by him right. and for him. It is a coded language. Secondly, we look at it this way, that uh, speaking in other tongues is for edification. What is edification? It's building the body. When we speak with other tongues, it's building us. It's strengthening us. And how many know that we need strengthening? We can't go through life without a time being strengthened. And so it, it tells us not only are we to edify the, the body, but we are to edify ourselves. And one of those things, edifying ourselves, is so key. And people freak you, out about that, like, well, I'm not God. I don't need to edify myself. Like, why would but I? But at times me? you do. Well, David strengthened himself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. That was under the old covenant. We have this to strengthen ourselves under the new covenant. We have this to go through life to, to actually strengthen us. Isaiah even prophesies and says that speaking with other tongues will be a rest and a refreshing. Right. A rest is from the journey that you've come from. It is moments that where you know you are exhausted spiritually, you're tired physically, uh, emotionally, you're drained. 
but it's those moments of being alone with God and having the Holy Spirit move through you that gives you a rest and then also a refreshing that is able to carry your own for the journey ahead. And so without the Holy Spirit, we can't do that on our own. Do you, um, with your kids being so young, do you constantly uh, draw on your kids to receive the Holy Spirit? Have they all received the I mean, obviously you have a one-year-old, but like at, at what age? I mean, I know it could happen at any time, but sure. is, it, is it something that parents should be drawing out of their kids, constantly encouraging them? Encourage, encourage them to do it. Right. Um, my daughter, Samantha, was baptized when the Holy Spirit when she was about nine. At um, church or in your in your house? At church, at okay. church, at a kids' camp. Nice. At a kids' church. Uh, Abby hasn't received it yet. Neither has Caroline. But it's one of those moments where we encourage them. We don't force it right. because it wasn't forced upon me. And I'm not going to be one of those parents that you have to do this. You have to. That's not right. Right. You have to allow them to come to that moment themselves. Now you have to guide them and lead them and encourage them. And so, yeah, we constantly encourage them. And of course, they hear me whenever I preach. A lot of times I'll have moments where I'll speak in tongues from behind the pulpit just as a way of glorifying, uh, glorifying the Lord. And sometimes they'll say, you know, what did you say? Like, I don't know. Uh, that's, you know, <laughs> the Lord knows what I said. And it, it's confusing to them. But yet they understand that this is a part of it. And they don't quite understand it all. And of course, we still don't quite understand it all. Sure. But at least I encourage them to to at least get into the river and I will, experience it. I will tell everybody this. This is this is a really cool story. Um, I, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and uh, speaking in tongues in college. So I don't know my age. I was well, whatever eighteen. But now when I pray, if um, you know, especially with my my middle son Mason, it's so cool. He'll be like, you know, if, whatever. If he's got a stomachache, a headache, whatever, dad, dad, pray for me. And I'll be like, you know, Lord, touch his head, you know, his stomach. He'll be like, no, 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 pray, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. He feels a tangible difference when I pray that prayer and he doesn't even Correct. know what I'm saying. I can I do countless times. I'll pray over him in the spirit and he'll fall asleep. And it's mm-hmm. It's awesome. Let me ask you this question. I'm so bummed we don't have a lot of time left, but let me ask you this. It's super important. I have family members. Uh, we grew up in the same house, same parents, same everything that are in their mid-40s, maybe late 40s, early 50s that still mm-hmm. haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we've had uh, discussions, let's just say, that they say, look, dude. I went to the altar. The guy prayed on me. I want to receive tongues. God just doesn't have it for me. Like I've tried, Matt. I've tried to speak in tongues, mm-hmm. and it's just not. It's just not. You know, God gives certain gifts to certain people, and and mm-hmm. He just doesn't have that for me. I don't believe that. I believe it's for everybody. What do you say to those people who have tried and tried and tried, and you know that it just hasn't happened for them yet, and they just kind of threw in the towel? I'll give you a story. I was in Texas. I was preaching a meeting in Texas. This was about, I guess, maybe close to a decade ago. And uh, I was preaching on a Sunday morning on the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I preached on this on the subject matter, gave an altar call, must have had about 40 or 50 that came forward to receive. And almost all of them received that night or that morning. And I remember I went over to an elderly lady. She was in her 80s, in her 80s. She was the first one that I laid hands on, and instantly she went through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Let's go. 
And I went through, prayed for the rest of them. After the service was over, she was still at the altar. You're talking almost an hour later. She was still at the altar, worshiping the Lord, speaking with other tongues. The pastor pulls me off to the side. She said, he said, you see that elderly lady right over there? I said, yes. Uh, he went on to tell me she's been a part of our church for years, years, ever since that he had been there. A faithful, faithful member. Yeah. And she had been seeking the baptism with the Holy Spirit for almost 30 years years and she got to the point where she was nearing i'm done i i I'm, I'm 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 nearing death i've got more days behind me than i do in front of me i'm just let's just go ahead and carry me off i'm saved i'll go to heaven but i've never received the holy spirit that's just maybe in the cards for me right well when i begin to explain and give the instructions and i begin to explain and express it's all by faith you got to get this mindset it's by faith lord if you want me to have it i'm going to get it Mm-hmm. I'm going to get it before I die. I'm going to get it. And, uh, almost 30 years went by. And that Sunday morning, she was baptized with the Holy spirit. And she came up to me when she finally gained her, her, her composure with a smile on her face and said, I couldn't believe I waited this long to receive this. <laughs> so she was putting it on herself. She was putting it on herself. And most people put it upon themselves wow. when it's not upon themselves. It is one of those things where it takes faith, and obedience, right? faith and obedience. And it, it's not a mind thing. A lot of people get it in their heads. Well, if God wants me to do it, he'll make me. God's sure. not going to make you do anything. God's a, a perfect gentleman. He's not going to force you to do something that he, that you're not willing to do. Uh, second thing, you can't speak two languages at once. Have right. you ever tried speaking two languages at once? <laughs> don't work. It, it don't work. So it's, it's a faith. It's an, it, it, the same way that you got saved was evidencing faith. It's the same way you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, which is evidencing faith in what Jesus Christ has done and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you. And uh, it, it's not an easy. Th- I mean, it's not a difficult thing. It should be easy for everyone. But we right. make it difficult because of what we put upon ourselves. Like she said it. I've been trying to do this for 35 years or 30 years or however long it was. She said, I didn't realize it was this easy. Yep. I mean, instantly, just like that. So do you speak in tongues every day? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, of the, I'm of the mindset. If you don't use it, you lose it. There you go, man. I love it. So I would encourage people that if you haven't, um, because if what I've noticed is they go after and go after it and they're not like that 80 year old lady who wants it and wants it and keeps going after it. They usually just kind of be like, Oh, well, God doesn't have it for me. So mm, they'll give like up you and said, quit. Yeah. And Oh, well, it's not that important. And if God wanted me to have it, he would, you know, he would give it to me. And like you said, you know, we're still going to the same place. Praise the Lord. You know, we're still going to heaven, but right. Right. I mean, I don't want to sound bad in saying this, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Can I, I just don't know if they'll experience as much power on earth as they could have had. They been filled with the Holy Spirit. You're, you're you correct. You're absolutely correct. That's a, that is a that is a correct sentiment and a correct statement. God wants us to have power, power to cast out devils, heal the sick, pray for believers to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and to do what God's called us to do. And I believe that we're limiting God if we do not go through to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I believe that we're putting a uh, reins on God. Um, whenever he's limitless, he can do anything. And I believe that we put him in a box uh, whenever we don't go through to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people will take umbrage and they'll sit there and say, well, that's just for 
you know, y'all, some people will say, well, that's, that's crazy stuff. Other people will say that y'all are demon possessed. Uh, no, uh, I'll say it this way. I heard my grandfather say this back when I was a kid. And so I kind of adopted it. If speaking in tongues is of the devil, it's the only thing the devil has that makes you love Jesus. <laughs> That's cool. Eli liked that one. Look, you're bobbing your I'm, head, huh? I, I'm telling you. I mean, it's the only thing the devil has that makes you love Jesus. And it, speaking in tongues, it develops a relationship with the Lord unlike any other thing. Right. It's that closeness. It's that ability to go to him when you don't really even know what you're saying. But the spirit of God, according to Romans, speaks through us during those times. And God knows exactly what we need. And he knows exactly what we're saying. That's awesome. Your grandfather really loves people, doesn't he? He does. Uh, he does. The, this is the coolest thing. I, I've never told you this, but you're actually the one that made it happen. The, the first time that I went down there, this was, I want to say 2018. 2018. Yeah, I was in New Orleans and you like, dude, you're 80 miles away. You got to come. So yeah. I drove down there and you showed me around your church. Everything was phenomenal. My favorite memory was, you know, because like inside I'm thinking like, you know, hey, am I going to be able to, you know, meet, you know, his, his grandfather? But I don't want to ask because I don't want to be that guy. Like, hey, can we go see your grandpa? You know what I mean? But like, I just <laughs> let it happen. <laughs> and he goes, hey, you want to go by and see my grandfather i was like oh sure bro if you want yeah, to sure I mean, if you want to yeah i remember you played it off so good <laughs> well if you want to i mean I'm a, but dude my heart was raised i was so pumped and i'll never forget it we walk in jimmy swaggard's office and he's sitting there and he's reading the word middle of the day you just like dude a guy that knows the word like that and still just loves the word. And what I meant by loving people is Gabe knocks on the door and he goes, Hey, Papa, I want you to meet my friend. You got a second? He's like, yeah, sure. And all I wanted to do was ask him questions about everything that I've ever wanted for, you know, whatever, 40 years. The whole, I couldn't get aware because the whole time he kept asking me about me. And I never got a chance to ask about him. So the whole time I talked about myself to Jimmy Swagger and I walked away, I'm like, Oh, I freaking blew that one. But then I look back, it's like, <laughs> dude, like that's the way he is. Like he was yeah. genuinely interested in what I had going on. It was awesome. It was so cool, man. And, and uh, I'll say this. One of the things that uh, he was genuinely interested about was your time on Gold Rush because that was one of his shows that he liked to watch <laughs> was Gold Rush. And uh, he, he's he's like, man, that's, he found it interesting, the fact that you actually were a porn, you know, you were a part of that show. Yeah. And uh, so he thought that was pretty neat. I was blessed to be on Discovery Channel and Gold Rush and to actually see the gold and go to Alaska and look at the gold mines. I mean, that's that's a whole nother story. It's funny, too, because like I've been in Hollywood now for whatever, like 15 years. I've been around the biggest stars of the stars. And it's funny. And I'm not talking about Pastor Gabe Swagger. I'm talking about other minister buddies that roll with me. They want to be around all the celebrities and they will. Hey, can you introduce me to this guy and this and that? I'm the opposite. Like, I don't care about the celebrities. I like to see like the, the ministry side of it. Like I go, I fan out over like, you know, like Jimmy Swaggart and, stuff like that, and they're fanning out over the rock. And I'm, it's just funny. Like the different parallel, the mm -hmm. difference. Uh, so tell me now your best days gotta be ahead of you. I mean, the, the tradition that has the foundation that's been laid for sun life broadcasting and for JSM, Jimmy Swaggart ministries is second to none, but I know you're the type of man that's not going to rely on the past. Like you're always looking forward. What are you most excited about? What's the future hold for you in the ministry? 
Well, one of my passions right now is it's kind of been a, a transition of phase right now for the last couple of years, and that is the growth of our Bible college. We have a, a, a Bible college, Jimmy Swagger Bible College. It was started in 1984, and um, probably in the, in the early 1990s, it just kind of fell by the wayside. And um, it was one of those things that I've always just wanted to be a part of, but never really had any desire to be a part of. And uh, it was about 2016, uh, whenever I was praying one morning, and uh, I looked over to my left, and there's the college campus. And the Lord spoke to me, and he told me exactly what I needed to do. Which was? Which is to, which to get involved in the college, get it through the accreditation process, and build it up the way that he decided to be built. That's awesome. And I said, no, not a chance. Uh, <laughs> this is not God. This is me. Uh, and blew it off. Next morning, same thing. Next morning, say for three solid months, the Lord would not lead. He would not leave me alone about this. So finally, I uh, decided, I said, look, uh, this has to be God because this is not something in my mind that I would ever, ever, ever dream of. So I remember I walked into my grandparents' office, uh, my grandfather's office, and then I sat down with my grandmother and my grandfather, and I said, listen, this is what the Lord spoke to me. We either have to do something with the college or we just have to cut it loose. But I feel like God is telling me this is what we have to do. And I feel like it was in my spirit that God was telling me to raise up a generation to be ministers of the gospel in every field of life, not just from behind the pulpit. We're called to be preachers of the gospel. I mean, Jesus told us in his last days before he ascended and the gospel of Mark, go out into all the all to world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go on all the world and preach the gospel. That, he wasn't just signaling out his disciples. He wasn't just singling out individuals. He was telling all of his followers. Right. You're called to be a preacher. What you're doing, you're called to be a preacher by your character, by your lifestyle. You're constantly telling others and leading people to the Lord, even though you're not behind a pulpit. Right. That is your pulpit. That's where you are. And I believe that God has called us, and I believe we've done a poor job, not just we, but the church has done a poor job of raising the next generation, of saying, you need to be salt. You need to be, let's disciple you. Let's get you involved. Let's plug you in, and let's find what God has called you to do. And so with that mindset, we've relaunched JSBC, going through the accreditation process, um, it is a long process. We've been working on it for two years and we're still, you know, uh, it's like goes, it moves at a snail's pace, but whenever you're dealing with accreditation, it has to be that way. So can and, people uh, go through the college right now while you're getting yes, accredited? Cause by yes. the time they are credentialed, that will be done, right? By the time that they graduate, if they start now, by the time they graduate, our plan and our goal is uh, by 2024 to have a fully functional accredited college. Let's and go. it is my goal. It is my goal and my vision, not only to have a school of theology, which we have, and it, to, to, in, in my opinion, it's one of the best schools of theology there is because sure. it's Pentecostal, it's conservative, it's built on the word, and the foundation is the message of Christ and crucified. We want to have a phenomenal music program, which we just started this year. This year was the first uh, year of our music program. Everybody knows the ministry for our music. Yep. And so we want to be able to instill that, 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 that mindset of music, that anointing of music, if you will, um, into this next generation. Media, they know us for our media. And so we want to be able to build a media program, which we started this year as well. We started in the fall of 2020, uh, our media program. 
And uh, so we're excited about that. We want to be able to establish. I will. I will four. say this: when, when I came and visited you, I, <laughs> and I've been in CBS, Warner Brothers, NBC. I, I've been around the biggest of the biggest. I've also been to Sun Life Broadcasting, and I'm telling you, it is second to none what they have there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's it's not a station; it's their own network. They right. have everything. Like y'all have everything, and the best of the best. Right. And so that's what we want to try to instill that to make sure that these kids have an opportunity to learn in that field, because that's where everything's heading. Everything is heading in a digital world. Sure. 100%. And we want to be able to train them to either go back into churches or we've had people that come through a Bible college that now they work at ESPN. They worked at CNN. They worked at Fox. They worked at some of the biggest uh, corporations in media. And we still want to be able to train them to do that, to be a light in the middle of darkness, wherever they may be. We want to be able to train them in business because, as you know it, we've got to have good business folk who love God, who worship God, who Amen. know how to live for God in that environment. And so it is our goal to train them, to equip them in order to send them to be the light, to be the salt, to be ambassadors for Christ wherever they may be. So it's we're trying, man. we got our work cut out for us, but uh, we're doing what we can. And I, I will say this to everybody out there, and I love speaking in churches. I absolutely love it, love it, love it. But I will say that I have seen some of my greatest miracles and some of my greatest salvations on TV sets, in front of fast food restaurants, in front of coffee absolutely. shops. It's when, when Pastor Gabe says, the Bible says, go into all the world, that doesn't mean in the church behind a pulpit, like he said, like you go there, you get the best training at Sun Life Broadcasting, Jimmy Swagger Ministries, and then you go work at ESPN. Then you go work mm -hmm. at Disney and you take what you learn there, which is the best, and then you give it away. Right. And so where can people find you? How can they enroll? And then of course, follow you on social media. Where can they find you? They can follow me on social media. I'm all pretty much on all the social media platforms. And, uh, at Gabe Swaggart, uh, very simple, at Gabe Swaggart, G-A-B-E. A lot of people forget the E in that, so you got to right. have the E. I do have the gift of gab, but you got to have the E on the end. So uh, G-A-B-E-S-W-A-G-G-A-R-T, at Gabe Swaggart, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Parlor, if it's still even on right now, uh, all the other social media sites. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm pretty much there. Uh, and then you can go to our website. I have my own website at gabeswaggart.org. And then you've got our JSBC website, jsbc.edu. You can get all the information uh, that you need. And uh, so, yeah, that's where you can find me. And if you want to feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit during worship, ooh, you got to listen. I love it. Day stars shine down on me. Joseph awesome. does a great job with that song, boy. I love me some Joe Larson, man. That dude is the real <laughs> deal. I love that he guy. Is. I only shook his hand once. I want to kick it with him. You know, yeah, throw it out will. there. Good dude. A ask him if he wants to kick with me. I want to. I want to kick with him and Randy Caps one day. Bro, Randy's going to have you. <laughs> Lord, now let me tell you something about Randy. Randy, he is. Uh, you ever remember? Did you ever see that movie? Um, I think it's Everybody's All American. Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Okay, Randy's. <laughs> Randy's in that. Is he really? Randy's, he's in that. It's a little short scene. Because it was filmed here in Baton Rouge. And <laughs> no um, so he's actually in that, it's just a very short, it's an acapella scene. And he's in there from back in the 1980s or whatever it was. I so it. I rib him about that quite often. I love it, man. Well, there you go. Gabe, thank you so much for coming. And if you know, follow Gabe Swaggart on all social media. Don't buy him blue suede shoes because <laughs> his daughter will make fun of you. 
But you're such a great guy, man. And thank you for being a good thank friend. You. I'm a friend. You're the man. You're you're a brother, not a friend. You're a brother. Amen. Let's go. All right. I love you, brother. And thank you all so much. One more week of tuning in to Level Up. I hope you got something out of today. I know that you did. And um, please like, subscribe, follow, whether it's on whether you're listening to this on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you love uh, the swag on YouTube. What are you telling me? Say what? Five star rating, baby. Five. Oh yeah, give us a five star rating. Are we? We're we're pumping at five stars right now, right? No we one's giving nothing, us four, have yeah. they? I mean, who does that? Yeah, don't be that person. Give us four. Yeah, don't okay? be that. Don't be that. Yeah, don't. don't be that. It's like my uh, my Uber ranking. I'm five stars on Uber and Lyft when they pick me up. I don't. You know, there's no point. Don't, don't do that. It's it's impossible to not five star this because I got five star guests and we're bringing five star comment. And I love you. Thank you for tuning in again. This has been another episode of Level Up.